Hello! Thank you so much for coming to this video today. I really appreciate it. This is the Cardano Aura podcast. The Cardano Aura podcast is a podcast that I bring anybody that I feel provides a lot of value to the Cardano ecosystem. And today we have Ben Gortzel on the podcast. We're going to be talking about all things Singularity Net, SDAO, Sophia DAO, NewNet. Uh, they're working on a, a, a load of of projects that will interact with the Cardano blockchain and will bring value to Cardano. Um, you know, and we, we have some awesome, awesome uh, topics in this. So I hope you guys enjoy it. If you want to support the channel, the best way you can do so is just by delegating to Bloom. We have Bloom through Bloom 6. We actually minted the eighth ever block minted by stake pools on the Cardano blockchain. So we've been here from the beginning and we'll be here till your end because Cardano will live past us all. Also, if you guys want to pick up any of my NFTs, you can purchase them from the secondary market on token.io. You can see the link to that down below. And also, if you do enjoy this video, I'd really appreciate it if you liked comment it down below and also subscribe and hit that notification bell. 49% of the people that view my channel do not click that subscribe button. It does help me in my numbers, my career of chasing these numbers. Uh, but this is an awesome podcast. Thank you again to Singularity Nut and Ben Gorsel for taking the time out of your day and come on. I hope you guys enjoy this one. But hello, thank you guys so much for clicking on this podcast today. I really appreciate it. I'm very excited for this one. Today I have Ben Gorsel from Singularity Net on the podcast with me today. Hey, a pleasure to be on your podcast again. And not that long since we last talked, but so many things have uh, have happened in, in the meantime. I mean, it's been a it's been a really exciting times when things are sort of uh, developing and unfolding at uh, at breakneck speed. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it has only been you know I would say six or seven months. It was either January or February, and um, you know, going through your guys's roadmap. I, it, I'm I'm seriously impressed, and I'm very excited to learn what you guys have been working on. Uh, so to give you guys, if you're new to Cardano, uh, the timeline, you know, about, I would say about nine months ago, Singularity announced that they're going to be doing a hard fork, and they're actually going to be hard forking their token AGI, which was a token on Ethereum, to AGIX that would actually make the token, you know, cross-platform. It could be on both Ethereum and Cardano. For people that are just finding Cardano for the first time, can you introduce SingularityNet and what you guys are working on? SingularityNet is a decentralized platform for artificial intelligence. And that the high-level motivation is AI is, you know, it's the most important technology in the history of humanity. Ultimately, it even leads beyond humanity in, in some ways. And... There's a lot of things needed to make AI smarter and smarter and overtake every industry and ultimately become more generally intelligent than, than, the, than the human brain. But um, among the many things needed to make you know, AI achieve its potential, you need the right underlying infrastructure to build, the, to build the AI on. And one of the very valuable characteristics to have in the underlying infrastructure beneath the world's AI systems, I mean, you want it to be secure and reliable and you also want it to be decentralized so that it, it's not easily controlled or or taken over by by any any single party the internet gives us a fabulous example of a, a decentralized system i mean bitcoin was the first de decentralized uh monetary instrument out there we need ai we need ai to be decentralized in in the same sort of fashion or, or even even more strongly so and so singularity net was designed as a decentralized infrastructure for AIs. It, it allows a population of AI agents coded by anyone, put online on any computer that's on the internet by anyone, allows this population of AI agents to communicate and and cooperate with, with each other without any central controller. And then with all the, all the goodies in terms of security and data, data sovereignty and, and so forth that, that the blockchain provides and we we launched this project in 2017 we've been putting a bunch of cool ai tools out there on singularity net since then the platform's been maturing bit by bit we launched singularity net on ethereum network initially because of the same reasons everyone else 
launched their projects on Ethereum. Like it, it was there. It had smart contracts that that actually operated there. The Solidity language is is kind of ugly and and easy to put bugs in your code with it, and uh, it's slow. It's expensive, but it existed, which is highly valuable if you want to yeah. do stuff do stuff in the real world, right? And so, you know, once I saw that someone was building smart contracts in the Haskell language, which I've been developing on since uh, before most people listening to this were born, probably. I mean, it seemed like a uh, higher order functional language is the right way to go if you want really scalable, <clears throat> secure code for the decentralized infrastructure of a global AI network or, or anything else. So once I found out what Cardano was about, I'm like, well, we've, We've got to be extending singularity in that in that in that in that direction, and I, I think uh, that that partnership has advanced considerably even since we since we last last talked, right? And with, yeah. with the launch with the launch of Plutus, I mean, we're getting closer and closer to being able to have a scalable, sort of low cost, highly flexible infrastructure for the world's AI by putting singularity and Cardano together. So. You know, as a user, these, you know, AI tools, is this going to be for developers or is the average person, you know, going to be able to use these AI tools on SingularityNet? So SingularityNet is something that exists on the back end and the users, the direct users of SingularityNet are are developers. On the, on the other hand, that's, it's a bit like asking if AWS, like Amazon Web Servers, is used by by individual end users. I mean, most end users don't know AWS exists yeah. in the way that, in the way that they know Amazon storefront exists for for buying a new pair of socks or something. On the other hand, the average end user uses an insane number of services the back end on Amazon Web Servers. So, I mean, as a as a simple example, like. We have a, a song splitter app as one example running that basically just takes sound files and splits them into multiple tracks. So if you wanna if you wanna do karaoke on the song, you can remove the vocals, right? And that actually uses machine learning models running on Singularity Net platform. So I mean the user of the song splitter app, they may think it's cool that, that this app backends on the Singularity Net platform, yeah. but it doesn't really matter. I mean, it, yeah, it makes me about, think of SDAO, you know, like users don't realize it, but when they're using the Dynasets, you know, that's relating back to Singularity Net. That makes Singularity DAO is, is the same way. So we're, 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 we've launched some features there. We're launching uh, Dynasets, which are AI traded baskets of, of altcoins sometime in the next few months. And then if someone that they, they want some, uh, you know, up, upgraded management of their altcoin portfolio. They can they can uh, shift some of their crypto holdings to Dynasets, dynamic sets of altcoins that, that that are managed by by the Singularity Net AI agents. And that's the AI is again, it's it's on the back end. It, it, it's doing the management of that of that basket of of altcoins, and the user doesn't need to worry about which AI algorithm is 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 being used so this is a singularity net provide the agents running on singularity net provide ai services via apis to products which then get the ai from those apis and they can talk to each other with their apis also so that ais in the network can outsource work to other ais in the network ais can put their minds together to to solve problems what the end user is seeing is in apps or, or applications that they're interacting with and that are connecting on the on the back end via the APIs to the AIs running on running on SingularityNet. And this there's a lot of aspects here, right? Like every time a user uses like Google Search or Robinhood or whatever traditional apps they use, there's a whole complex centralized tech stack un- underlying that, which is usually giving their data away unbeknownst to them to, to various various parties around the world. And we you know we need a whole decentralized tech stack to underlie the average average user's uh, experience of of using 
using products, and singularity net is a piece of that, Cardano is a, is a piece of that, and there's a bunch of other pieces. Yeah, and even, uh, you know, to bring it all the way back, TCP, you know, that's what I've been learning lately about protocols and how they all really just build on top of each other and use different parts of, you know, like you mentioned, the tech stack uh, to make it all come together for the end product for the user. Yep, yep. Um, so when someone actually uses a Dynaset, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but that's essentially like a, like an altcoin index fund, you know, being managed by a decentralized agent, as you mentioned. You know, when people decide to participate in that, you know, what currency are they going to be using to participate in that? Uh, and also, you know, are they going to receive like a token that is essentially an example of the amount of value that they've provided to the smart contract? Well, so... Singularity DAO, which is a separate project spun off of Singularity Net and has its yeah. own token, right? So there's SDAO token, which is a governance token for the Singularity DAO network, which is separate from the, the AGI, what's now called the AGIX token, which is the main token of, of, of Singularity Net. The, so the Singularity DAO network provides software that will non-custodially for, for the users so it, it will it will help manage part of your altcoin holdings for you so and a dynaset is a dynamic set of tokens so you could have for example a, a dynaset containing a bunch of DeFi related altcoins or you could have a dynaset containing a bunch of a, a, ai related altcoins right and then what 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 you're doing is you're saying instead of just buying a certain amount of uh, Ocean Protocol token or Ave token, I'm going to buy a certain amount of this Dynaset, this this basket of tokens, right? And then then the composition of that basket, the weighting, like how much of each DeFi token or how much of each AI token in the basket is held in the basket, that's updated dynamically by decentralized AI algorithms running on running on on Singularity Net. And so that's uh, that's yeah. It is formally it's it's a bit like portfolio management, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I mean, you're buying a sort of a customized portfolio which is dynamically managed by by AI algorithm. I mean, from a from a legal point of view, it's non-custodial, and these are utility tokens rather than rather than than securities. So it's more like an AI managed account of of non-security utility tokens, right? And then there's other mechanisms laid on top of that. So you'll be able to, you'll be able to stake the token connoting a certain dynaset, and then you can get rewards for this staking, which come in the form of SDAO, SDAO governance tokens. You know, that's a, it just seems like such a, you know, obvious use case as I dive more into cryptocurrency, you know, I, I invest in multiple different tokens and then I start to think of, you know, my family, you know, my mom, my dad, and, you know, them managing all of these wallets and managing, managing like a basket of coins. And that just doesn't make sense, you know, but investing yeah. in one thing and getting a dime. Yeah, I, I don't even have time for it. Right. I, yeah, I mean, exactly. Even like, I, I know what's going on. There's a lot of cool projects, but there's ups and downs all the time and there's new opportunities popping up and i, I I'm, I'm too busy trying to build it just takes so much time global thinking machine to be managing a bunch of of utility tokens day by day you you want you want an ai to do that for you i agree i agree completely you know earlier you mentioned that in the time that has passed there is a greater collaboration between iog and singularity net and that is the ai domain specific language can you explain to us what that is? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I would say there's a lot of collaborations between different groups within IOG and different groups within SingularityNet. So the AI DSL is one of them, and there's a bunch of other interesting stuff too, which, which we can talk about. So the notion of the AI DSL, which is for AI domain-specific language, is we want to have a fully fleshed-out language for two AI agents running on SingularityNet platform to talk to each other and basically describe their needs and, and properties and capabilities to each other. So what this AI may be, need to say, well, I can 
I can classify images or videos. I can deal with these file types. If you give me X amount of images or videos to classify, I can uh, I can do it for this amount of money. I, I need I need this kind of compute resources to to do my thing. I will take this long to solve the problem. My expected accuracy is this much. If the lighting conditions are so and such, right? So, mm -hmm. how does an AI agent describe itself and what it can do to another AI agent? How does a data set describe itself? So I put my DNA data online. I need to say, well, this is you know DNA data gathered on this platform, RNA data gathered on 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 this platform under these conditions at this time, and so forth. Either for an AI algorithm or a data set, you need a formal way for them to describe themselves to each other. And without without that, how can one AI invoke another AI to do a job for it? How can AIs decide to collaborate collaborate with with, with each other? And with, without that, you need a human in the loop to decide which AI can do which job. And we don't want a human in the loop at that at that plumbing level of the of the system. So we've been working together between some of the functional programming uh, boffins uh, at IOG and our AI and functional programming guys in SingularityNet to design a specialized language for the AIs to communicate with each other, which is a, it's not Haskell, but it, it so far we're implementing this in Idris, which is sort of the next step beyond Haskell. So it, Idris is a, is a dependently typed functional language, which has a sort of more elaborated mathematical type system than Haskell with greater greater flexibility. So I look at Idris now is sort of where Haskell was in the late 1990s, I, I would say, in terms of it's just barely gotten efficient enough to actually use, but it still is mostly an academic, academic user base. So we, we're experimenting with the AI DSL now it's not yet integrated into the end user version of SingularityNet platform, but we're hoping to roll that in along with the the full port of SingularityNet marketplace and protocol to to Cardano, which is should be sometime early next year. We don't have a date for it yet because there's there's dependencies on when various Plutus libraries are going to get rolled out. Okay, so Idris is essentially the Haskell uh, to Cardano's Plutus. As it is to your AI, you know, domain-specific language. Yeah, we're using Idris now to experiment with the AI DSL. Really, it's the mathematical structures that are important. So really? whether whether Idris is what's used for the final launch of the AI DSL is not obvious yet. That that is the it's the most natural candidate. That's what the current alpha version uses. I mean, we're we we're also developing an even even more out there programming language called uh, Meta, M-E-T-T-A. And that's 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 uh, even more abstract and cutting edge programming language that we're developing for the new version of our OpenCog AGI engine called called Hyperon. So we're 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 playing around with some AI DSL stuff in Meta and, and some in 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 Idris. It, it, it's clear that you want to go beyond Haskell in terms of the expressiveness of the type system, but yet Haskell is much better at interfacing with this sort of more advanced language than, than Solidity would be, for for example. I mean, if you if you want to interface funky AI or AGI languages like this with Solidity, you you basically need to have Solidity like just communicating it at a large, large remove from those from those languages that there's no easy way to make them interoperate whereas in in haskell i mean you can map haskell types into idris or or meta types you can set up sort of morphisms between between the languages so that there's, there's more to there's more to go on there and hydra is going to be quite interesting in, in this regard also and that, that's another thing beyond the AI DSL we've, we've been looking at. Like, I mean, the Cardano in itself is going to be an amazing infrastructure for SingularityNet, which will increase scalability and, and reduce cost and let us better integrate things like homomorphic encryption and multi-party computing for scalable machine learning and machine reasoning. On the other hand, there's some things we want to do in SingularityNet that may need us to go beyond the way the current 
Cardano's system manages consensus. And for that, you know, we can do some specialized things on SingularityNet that then connect via via Hydra with the with the main Cardano chain. And we've just been exploring that with some of the some of the IOG team. Like say say you want to make a, a swarm AI where you have millions of AI agents that are creating and destroying new AIs many, many times each each second, right? So that that has different requirements than a payment system or something. Yeah. But you can still do that using Plutus, which is like Plutus running on a Cardano side chain that that interfaces with the main Cardano chain using using Hydra and Hydra is not quite ready for that yet. But we've been talking to the Hydra team and sort of syncing up with their with their roadmap. So we've we've got a lot of a lot of things ahead, right? So I mean, obviously now that now that Plutus is out there, everything becomes possible, which is which is amazing. This is like a watershed watershed moment in the development of blockchain and really of of IT technology overall to have like this is the first ever smart contract language that works at large scale and, and low cost and doesn't totally suck right so I mean I mean that that's 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 a I mean because solidity is pioneering right I mean it's it's yeah. amazing that, that it was out there and Using WebAssembly as some platforms do is not a terrible idea either, but like in in the end, nobody really wants to program the world's banking system or or the thinking machine to obsolete humanity in Solidity or or, or, or WebAssembly, right? I mean, I'm in and any more than you know. My first programming language was uh, Basic, and Basic was cool. I learned a lot from Basic, but. In, in in the end, I didn't want to implement scalable AI algorithms in Basic, right? So yeah. I think Plutus Plutus gives you the starting point, but then then we have a whole bunch of steps we need to undertake, right? So I mean, the first thing which is coming up this fall is AGIX token just moved moved on to Cardano, which requires some Plutus contracts for converting back and forth between the AGIX on, on Cardano and the AGIX on, on, on Ethereum. I mean, we, so how does that work? Do you essentially just burn the tokens on Ethereum before they come here? You know, how does that process work at the protocol level? It's, it's it's just, it's just burning and minting. Yeah. I mean, that's a, but so that's why we did the hard fork because you couldn't basically, you couldn't burn and mint the original, AGI token on Ethereum, the smart contract didn't allow it. So now in the move from AGI to AGI X, I mean, the X is for cross chain, right? So then, then we, we can, uh, we can burn and mint the tokens and keep track of everything in, in a secure way that guarantees you're not, you're not uh, allowing the token supply to, in, to inflate beyond what it's supposed to. And you can go back and forth. And I'm in the, we're starting with uh, Cardano and Ethereum and I anticipate before too long, the vast bulk of AGI tokens will be on, on Cardano. But on the other hand, it is it is a full-featured cross-chain platform, right? So, I mean, we've, we've done a little work with the NEM blockchain before. We could we could put AGI on a bunch of different chains if we, if we wanted to. And as, as Charles Hoskinson has said, the future probably doesn't have one blockchain to rule them all, although certainly there will be some that are much bigger than others. You're probably yeah. going to see a collection of different blockchains that are specialized for different purposes and have different communities, and you're going to have interoperability among them. I mean, I'm at the moment, I'm pretty bullish on Cardano as having potential to be sort of the, the 800-pound gorilla am among all of those. But I think it's very wise that Charles isn't trying to push Cardano as the the only blockchain because you yeah. know, I mean again again the internet and TCP/IP protocol becomes becomes a a good guide. Like Linux is great. I lo I love Linux, and Linux runs the majority of the internet. I don't think it's important that Linux runs a hundred percent of the internet, right? I would. I would love to see more innovation in the operating system space and see people come up with other out there operating systems, maybe to run embedded devices or, or, or tablets or, or, or whatever they do. Some of those ideas will filter into Linux. Sometimes it's just it's just a, a, a separate thing, right? So I mean, yeah. maybe Cardano 
becomes to the blockchain ecosystem what Linux is to the internet. Like it, it, it runs, it runs more than the other things do, but I mean, it's an open system and, and you want, you want different networks to be able to interoperate with each other freely. So that, so have anyway, in terms of the roadmap, having AGIX on Cardano is a, is a start. Then once we have that, we can do staking and other sort of, uh, tokenomic things on Cardano, but then the the larger step, which is likely to be early next year sometime, I mean, the larger step is moving the whole singularity net marketplace from Ethereum on, onto Cardano. And we can have both Ethereum and Cardano versions, but basically the the bulk of our effort is going to then go into the Cardano version. That, that requires us to put like the multi-party escrow contract and some fairly subtle things inside singularity net platform into cardano and then we're now going back and forth with the plutus team on the right way to right way to do all that within the extended utxo framework which is not not incredibly hard but it is different than how you do things on ethereum and i mean that's so do you feel that the extended utxo format is is part of the reasons that you believe cardano essentially may be the gorilla it's just, I mean, UTXO is just Bitcoin, right? So that, that yeah. I mean, that's not, there's not, uh, that's not a new thing. But yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that 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 was a solid choice, right? I mean, that was a, a very unadventurous choice, unlike yeah. Haskell, which is an adventurous choice. But I mean, it it works. It's 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 good. And the, the fact that Bitcoin is kind of slow and expensive is not because of, UTXO. It's because of other other design choices within within Bitcoin. Yeah, so yeah. no, I, I think that was the right thing to do. And I mean, if if you there are other models you could have taken also, but that's like proven, and it's there's a lot of theory and and, and practice around it. So I think that was a good choice. I think not having a not having a bad transaction model is important. And if if you look at DeFi on Ethereum, I mean. How much of how much of DeFi traffic is Ethereum miners front running traders like in a completely blatantly fraudulent and, and illegal way? I mean, this sort of front running of DeFi trades is enabled by by the way that that Ethereum and Solidity sort of guide you to implement implement DeFi. I mean, not, not that you couldn't work around it and build a front running free DeFi system, but it would be more work. The building run that's susceptible to front running by miners, and it will be even slower and even more expensive, right? So, I mean, the the extended UTXO framework it it makes it so that the most straightforward way to implement things are also more secure ways that are are not so prone to pathological behavior. So, I, I think that there's a lot of value you're going to see there. I mean, I know in the DeFi now you have. Uh, mini swap and various people are running into cognitive difficulties because you have to you have to think about architect your application a little differently with extended yeah. UTXO than, than, than with with Ethereum. And it's true like you need a sort of armamentarium of library functions living on top of the basic Plutus layer to make it easy for the average DeFi developer to build their DeFi applications on on on, on Plutus. But I think once once there are more support libraries there, which will come in, in the next months, then developers will find it's easier and faster to build stuff on, on, on Cardano. But also, you find that when you follow the shortest path of implementation, you get a system that A, is not so easy to hack into, and B, is not so susceptible to weird pathologies like miners front-running your trades and so forth. So I, I think the payoff will be significant but people i mean since the wait for plutus was a long time and and people are excited about it of course people want to think well like plutus is here now immediately we can do everything really easily but what what you're finding is like haskell is the least of your problems like yes it's a it's an unfamiliar programming language but actually just thinking through the whole transaction model and dealing with the fact that all the libraries that you would like to be there haven't been built yet. I mean, that that's a bigger problem. Yeah, and that's why I asked you that cool. question, because you yeah. mentioned Plutus as essentially, you know, the start to formal languages being used for smart contracts. And 
you know, to me, extended UTXO, I know other chains have done it. Ergo is one of them. Uh, also Nervos as well. But, you know, seeing that concurrency issue that you mentioned, you know, arise, it made me think that, you know, this was the start to solving, you know, extended UTXO problems for blockchains. And that's why I was curious on if that was one of the I main mean, advantages. I think the solutions to all these are there in research papers already. And really? Charles has pointed out those research papers countless times that they just there's a large body of knowledge about how to do these these sorts of scalable DeFi and other other processes on on the extended UTXO model but not all of these academic papers have been like cashed out in terms of scalable real world applications yet right and yeah. now we're gonna so we're, we're gonna see we're gonna see more and more of that but it's not it's not like new math and computer science needs to be done to get DeFi to work scalably on the extended UTXO. It's just uh, people people need to take the time to implement the algorithms that are there in the academic literature. And, and frankly, you know, the development mode for DeFi on Ethereum, most people just take someone else's code, fork it, change a few lines, and... and and go and hope they didn't introduce anything too hackable. And sometimes they did. So you, I mean, you, you can't do that in Cardano yet. Because yeah, maybe that's a good that. thing that you can't just essentially yeah, copy you, and you paste it over here. Examples to fork and, and, and hack yet. So then people have to actually design their software and think about the algorithms. And honestly, the vast majority of crypto developers who are working in, in DeFi don't know how to do that, right? They're, they're really, what they know how to do is take a script and hack it and, and change a few lines and, and then and then put it out there. And that, yeah, that's, uh, you know, you're not going to see that in Cardano ecosystem anyway, because Cardano is not as badly designed because what you shouldn't be forking the code, changing a few lines. You should be just using a library function that somebody else, somebody else created, right? So the fact that the whole ecosystem is about copy pasting is is because Solidity doesn't have the right levels of ab abstraction in it, right? So, so hmm. since Plutus has the right levels of abstraction, once the ecosystem matures to create a new DeFi project, you won't copy paste and and change things, which is just asking for for hacks and bugs and, and problems. I mean, instead, you will just use abstract mechanisms that somebody else set up and write a short script that 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 references them right and so but it's a it's going to be a process over the coming months and and years for this to mature and you, you if you look at how like a language like c++ or or an operating system like linux developed it was the same thing right i mean in the early days it was pretty low level and you had to be hardcore to build stuff that would that would run on the early versions of Linux or the early versions of C++ because there weren't that many li libraries there. And gra gradually the the collection of libraries builds up and then and then anyone anyone can do it. Now from, yeah. from a singularity net view, our development team is very strong in in computer science and so we're 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 not we're not too worried about it, right? I mean, we're not sort of cut and paste hackers. Anyway, we mostly have a strong ac academic background, right? So then, for 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 us, it's not an issue. But it's, uh, I think, it's going to be very important for a Cardano ecosystem to have more and more libraries built in the next three to six months, so that yeah. you can have that you can have that uh, larger development developer ecosystem that that that. Ethereum has so effectively curated all move over to Cardano. Yeah. You know, um, that makes me think of, you know, starting out as a stake pool operator on Cardano. You know, we used to just use CLI commands, but all of the new stake pool operators on Cardano, uh, they're often just using tooling, you know, it quickly sets up the pool for them. And, you know, that's essentially what we're waiting for. But, you know, speaking of stake pool operators on Cardano, uh, I read that you guys are working on something new called NuNet. And it is essentially, at least from what I read, you know, a decentralized world computer uh, that could offer services to people, you know, as you mentioned earlier, AWS can, you know. So can you tell us more about NuNet? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we, we are, 
we are looking within singularity net at expanding our ecosystem by spinning out into separate projects and separate networks a bunch of sort of internal projects we've been incubating within within singularity net and uh singularity dow was one of them mm-hmm. new net is sort of the, uh, the the next in line and what new net addresses in the simplest sense is is getting processing power into your decentralized ai networks i mean it actually can be used beyond ai for computer graphics or really anything that's processor intensive but ai is where we're starting out because when if you put an ai agent on singularity net now it's got to run on some hardware somewhere right and we sort of don't address that problem we just say put an ai agent wrap it in a docker container along with the singularity net proxy and daemon and then it joins the global community of ais on singularity net and uh you know, Bob's your uncle, right? That talks with AI DSL to the other agents once that once that's rolled up. But where are you running this AI agent? Are you running it on Amazon AWS? Are you running it on some local server farm? Are you running it on your own computer connecting via like your, your Comcast modem to the rest of the internet? So what, what we want to do with NuNet is decentralize the provision of compute resources to, to yeah. AI. So that, again, a different layer of the of the tech stack and that that compute resource could be someone's you know bitcoin mining server farm that's partly idle when bitcoin is at a low price and it's not advantageous for them to mine it could be their their phone which is sitting around uh, idle spent spending its processors but connected to the internet and plug into the wall it could be a laptop or a desktop computer it could, it could be a company's computers, which are sitting there idle at night when there's no one in the company doing anything, right? So the idea there is allow all these sorts of compute resources to be pulled in to be the compute infrastructure for SingularityNet. But then if you're going to do it for SingularityNet, you can also do it for, for any other decentralized network, network, actually. So, I mean, NewNet is a... It's a decentralized processing power underpinning for SNET, but it's built in a modularized way. So it could also underlie any other any other decentralized network. And so then then you have your own tokenomic model there, where basically you, you get new net tokens for providing your your computing hardware, processing power and RAM to some to some decentralized network. And yeah, I I think that that uh that's been tried many times before. I mean, I knew the Golem guys way, way back and their CPU coins. So it's not a new idea to do a sort of tokenomic model for decentralized yeah. processing power. But when you look at the details of how these other projects did it, they wouldn't work for running SingularityNet on, on top of them. And for similar reasons, they wouldn't work for running a lot of other things on top of them. Basically, the previous projects that did this they were based more on a Bitcoin-like model where you're you're taking away the sort of number factoring stuff that underlies Bitcoin and you're replacing that with some replacing that with some other sort of process that you want to you want to distribute. So then then solving some other algorithmic problem plays the role of mining in Bitcoin. And that that's not stupid. It's kind of cool. I mean, Deep Brain Chain did, did that and is, is still doing that actually with a, with a neural net training as, as mining. But it it constrains you a lot because it means you can only run processes that you're pretty sure can't be be gamed by someone who wants to to accelerate their their mining. And then NuNet sort of loose, loosens it up a bit. I mean, the the running of a process on a NuNet node isn't isn't mining i mean your mining of new net tokens is just how much processor and ram have you given it's not how much of this problem have you solved yeah so but yeah by taking a more flexible architecture you get a decentralized tokenomically incented processing power infrastructure that can be used for any decentralized process Mm -hmm. what what whatsoever and i mean this is something we created because we needed it, basically. I mean, we, we, as just for our own AI processing, we think it sucks to be paying centralized like server farm providers 
Yeah, well, I mean, I feel the same way as a stake pool operator, and and most stake pool operators on Cardano are using some form of AWS, Google Cloud, DigitalOcean, and that's why, you know, I was so interested in hearing about this too, because it got me kind of thinking down, you know, the rabbit hole of, you know, could, I mean, and and you've really just answered my question, because it was, could could the Cardano protocol use new net nodes to have truly decentralized nodes? And as you just mentioned, that is actually what, uh, singularity net is doing and was the main intention of new net which is pretty awesome yeah i mean i mean yeah using new net underlying uh stake pool operation would make a lot of sense also i think for the prototype we've been looking more at <clears throat> sort of lower cost operations like things people would run on their on their phones but I, actually that's one cool piece but but allowing, say, stake pool operation to happen in some uh, some accounting or insurance company's computers while they're while they're down at, at night. I mean that 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 there's more processing power there than than there is in phones, probably. So I mean I think uh, the yeah. heterogeneity of the of the idle ambient compute resources on the planet is 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 pretty dramatic. So yeah, that's. So this NuNet is being run by my longtime friend uh, Kabir Vetas, based in Brussels. And you know, when I met Kabir a number of years ago, he was doing his PhD at the Global Brain Institute at the Free University of Brussels. And so this, there's a quite near-term practical aspect in that we have processes, just like stakeholders operators have processes that we would rather be running on a decentrally managed compute infrastructure. There's also a long-term vision aspect in that. I mean, if you want to build a global brain, which is what Kabir and I were talking about when we met in 2013 or 14 or whatever, when he's doing his PhD, I mean, if you want to build a global brain, I mean, there's somehow you need to deal with the hardware provisioning, not 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 just the, the software. And you need a very scalable, flexible way to to do that, right? And here, again, again, you need a blockchain layer that doesn't, get in your way by like putting in insanely long delays and high gas costs and, and, and stuff and stuff underlying it. So it's, it's pretty clear for something like NuNet to realize it, it's, it's vision, like current version of Ethereum doesn't cut it. I think Card- Cardano is a, is, is going to be a stronger candidate there certainly. And that, if we have a multi-blockchain future, as Charles Hoskinson has envisioned, you could certainly see different new net nodes running on different blockchains, and the the same compute process could run like eighty percent on Cardano, and then twenty percent of it, which is doing something really specialized, could run somewhere else, and they're all pieced together in a, in a decentralized way. So, how do you deal with the latency issues between that? You know, do you essentially, you know, if I'm using it do you centralize that to one node or do you actually decentralize the same process across many nodes? You got to split it up, right? So there's a whole literature. But then latency though, would that? Well, there's a whole literature on how to deal with this in in AI algorithms. So it's going to go federated learning. And there's a whole bunch of papers on how do you take the process of training a neural net and modularize it among multiple machines i mean latency is one issue one issue is what if the processors are unreliable and one of them drops out yeah, in the yeah. of doing something so yeah they're kind of kind of similar to to how to build applications on extended utxo like there there is a substantial academic literature on on this and there's been prototypes built doing neural nets evolutionary learning systems logic systems on 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 various sorts of of distributed backends with high latency and lossy processors and of course of course you lose some efficiency <clears throat> proportional to how, how shitty your processing backend is but uh, there's a large literature on how to modulate this reasonably well but not a lot of like scalable practical implementations of all these all these academic discoveries and and and, and schemes right so kind of Parallel to what we're seeing with extended UTXO, we need a process of taking all these beautiful academic papers and, and making it real, which does yeah. 
what do, does does take some time. I mean, it takes years. It doesn't take it doesn't take decades or centuries, but it it takes years as long as human brains are are still involved in the, in that in that process. Yeah, yeah. So recently, you uploaded a video on your personal channel. And you welcomed Elon Musk to the humanoid robotics space and uh, mentioned that you may be joining the self-driving vehicle space yourself. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, yeah, that, 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 uh, that, well, first of all, that video, if anyone uh, watches it, was just a bad joke, which is, <laughs> uh, was inspired by my, my three-year-old son, Quirksy's current obsession with Transformers. So he, he he's, he's got... He's got Optimus and Bumblebee and uh, Me Megatron and Peliatrex. We've got more Transformers than humans in the house. So when I saw Elon Musk was launching a Tesla robot called Optimus. Now, Op Optimus Prime, as everyone should know, is like the king of the good guy Transformers. When I saw Elon, is he's launching a humanoid robot named Optimus. And his demonstration is a human in a robot suit. I mean, I... I I love Elon Musk. I mean, Tesla created the whole sector of, uh, of uh, you know, environmentally responsible vehicles that people would actually want to drive. Uh, Elon, Elon is, is awesome. He's contributed, contributed a lot to the world, right? But, uh, I mean, humanoid robotics is hard, right? And, I, I, I mean, we've been working on that with Hanson Robotics for a number of years. You know, Sony and... and uh, Honda and SoftBank have tried and basically fa failed with various aspects of it. These guys are smart with a huge amount of engineers and, and a lot of money. So it's just for those of us working in the humanoid robotic space to see someone with no track record, track record in the space come out and say, hey, we're going to launch. We're going to launch something that solves all the problems you guys have been working on for decades. And as proof, here's a human in a jumpsuit. I mean, this is a, this. <laughs> It just seemed just seemed kind of funny. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you know, if if this car company is on the verge of launching a humanoid robot, then obviously, as humanoid robot people with the Sophia and the Grace Elder Care robot that 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 we're we're going to run on Cardano also. By the way, I mean, sure, we can launch a car. Why why not? Right. It's <laughs> a, but I think Easy. that the the serious thing underlying there, of course, is I mean that. Grace Robot is doing navigation, which is the elder care robot, which is a little sister of, of Sophia that we're building together with Hanson Robotics and in our, our, our joint venture, Awakening Health. I mean, that does need to navigate around the hospital, and that's running using neural nets and open cognitive symbolic AI running on, on Cardano platform. And we have a whole roadmap there where we have a new version of our, our AGI engine called OpenCog Hyperon. And in, in a couple of years, we'll be running Grace on the OpenCog Hyperon engine, backending on SingularityNet, on Cardano, on NuNet. Like we're building this whole stack for intelligent agents that do move around and interact with the world. And initially it's robots moving around hospitals, not cars moving moving on the road. So I, I would I would... I would bet on us to solve the full self-driving problem before Tesla, just in, in the sense that, I mean, Tesla is making awesome cars and they have a great computer vision and neural net team. But if to solve like full level five self-driving, you actually need full on thinking and, and machine reasoning and systems that like understand what an old lady is and what a cat is and what, what a construction project is. If, if you need, some real level of understanding to solve full level five self-driving. I mean, then, then we're actually working on that full on understanding, which, which is, is perhaps needed for full human level self-driving. I, I don't see that Tesla is actually working on, on full on human level understanding that they're really working on, on more sort of, plain vanilla machine learning on the massive amounts of data that, that they've they've gathered. And they haven't gotten that far with full self-driving there. I mean, Google has gotten further with, with, with Waymo. So I don't think the AI that they've created so far is going to be very helpful for humanoid robots. But another feature in the robot space is getting cool demos is easy. Getting deployable systems that really work is is hard. So, I mean... Can Tesla make a humanoid robot that goes on stage and looks cool? 
Probably. I mean, think about Honda Asimo. They had that going on stage looking cool for, for a long time, but they eventually had to show because they, they couldn't get to a get to to a product. So my actually a bunch of folks on Singularity Net Telegram group are, are endlessly pushing for a a Singularity Net and uh, and Tesla partnership, which is a uh, Unfortunately, I'm not here to announce to you on this podcast. Although, Damn although, it, the views. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even, even even though I was making fun of, of Elon a little bit in, in, in that video, I mean, I think uh, we we have a strong mutual respect for, for each other's work and they're, they're, as well as a mutual love of having fun on social media. And so I, I, I think uh, we we could certainly see some serious AI and hardware collaboration between our respective companies at, 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 at some point in the future. I mean, I think that Tesla obviously has incredible strengths and machine machine vision and the interaction of machine vision with reinforcement learning is there. But I, I think with all respect, they, they haven't thought that much about abstract cognition and real understanding of the world, which is what is what we're aiming for with that, with our own our own species of of, of tech stack, and I, I think it, it baffles me that, and uh, hopefully Elon Musk, you're, you're you're watching watching this interview. I'm sure you follow Big Pay like everyone else he does. does. Uh, yeah. it, it it baffles me, Elon, that you're such a big fan of of Dogecoin. I mean, it's it's a it's a good joke, but I, I mean, Tesla is not a joke car, and there's a good reason that blockchains are not a joke, right? So Dogecoin is kind of funny. It's actually not useful for anything. So I will, I I think uh, Cardano is a real blockchain. Like the Tesla is, is a real car. And uh, there's a lot of engineering underlying, underlying any, any, any of these things. And, you know, humanoid robots require their own highly challenging engineering discipline and, and effort and effort also. Right? So the one last thing I wanted to ask you, how can Singularity Net protect people in the cryptocurrency space? You know, there's rampant spam scams going on. Uh, me personally, I message, and it's not just your Telegram, but I message uh, in the Singularity Dow Telegram, and I get four messages from, you know, fake moderators with the exact same picture, the exact same name. And, you know, if I wasn't in the know, that could really yeah. be negative That's for me. How can Singularity Net solve that problem? There's a lot of fake Ben Gertzels out there, aren't there? Yeah. yeah. I mean, which is, 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 is pretty funny. Yeah. And then what's wor- more worrisome in the future is with all the data that there is about you and me and how we think, what if someone trains a model based on all our data so that the model actually thinks like us? Then, then they, they actually own, they own a clone of you, which they've trained based which they've trained based on your data, right? So there's what we see now is really disturbing and fucked up, but is is only the beginning of of, of what will be possible. And it, it know, would be I, very I, easy for you too with all the content that you've released in your life. Yeah, it would. It would be. It's a bit disturbing, right? But I, I think, you know, if one, it's a tractable machine learning project to make an anti scam that works as well as anti-spam right like i mean gmail does a pretty good job of anti-spam mail yeah if you remember email from 10 20 years ago you got a fitload of just garbage email all the time if you ever peek in your gmail spam folder you, you see you see it but but it doesn't actually filter up to you very often unless you're stupid enough to to click on it a lot right so i think it would be viable to use machine learning to recognize scams in a, in a similar way. There's certainly a lot of training data available, right? I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of scams out there that are identified as, as scams. We haven't solved that problem ourselves just because there's so many applications of AI. We don't want to do them all, all internally, but this brings us to another interesting thing that we're doing with singularity net which is the uh, the deep funding program so we in singularity net phase 2 which is is to be launched full on uh, this this fall once we have the the two way converter between AJX ethereum and AJX cardano 
I mean, in singularity net phase two, we are minting a certain amount of new AJX and Cardano tokens each month, starting with 15 million in the first month and and then uh, decreasing by 1.5% each month. So that after 91 years, there will be a billion AJX on Cardano tokens, equaling the AJX and Ethereum tokens that we minted in 2017. But 30% of these newly minted tokens go into what we call the deep funding pool, the decentralized ecosystem projects pool. And the community of AJX token holders votes on which projects get gets these tokens. So it's inspired in part by Cardano's Catalyst program, but it's larger percentage-wise. We wanted to put a larger percentage of of uh, of the Singularity Net ecosystem into this this democratically uh, voted pool. And I, I would say, using decentralized machine learning running on Singularity Net for anti-scam recognition is is a beautiful idea for a a deep funding project. Like I, I would give a lot of support to community members who want to solve that pro- that problem using the AI on, on, on the platform. And really the first step is to curate the training data set for the for the AI to use to to, le- to learn its models. But yeah the, I would say Charles Hoskinson should be a heavy user of this because there's a lot of there's even more fake Hoskinsons than fake Gertzels out there, actually. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, it'll get to a point where, you know, the AI scam detection is so good that it's going to ban me from all the sites, you know, because you know, of Charles and of you, uh, there are a lot of fakes. So you're going to need some sort of, you know, signing key to get you past it. Whether I have you good, uh, good cybersecurity because there's a duality between discriminative and generative models. So your, your fake scam detector could be reversed and turned into the world's best fake scam generator. So you, 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 uh, you, 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 you want, uh, you want, there's interesting security issues here, here, here also. So, I mean, I think you're, you're not going to do away with the sort of, uh, us versus them yeah. dynamic as, as long as you have like an open decentralized democratic system. Right. But I think yeah. as, as with anti-spam, I mean the spammers are not as sophisticated as Google, right? So they're they're mm-hmm. not able to really outdo Google's Google's anti-spam, and in the same way, the scammers are not going to be as sophisticated as SingularityNet and and Cardano. So I mean, uh, in after a little more time has passed, and the Wild West atmosphere has calmed down just just a little bit, I think. I mean, these scams are all going to be they're all going to be squashed by machine learning, just like spam emails have been. But yeah, that would, that's a much needed application, certainly. I look forward to that day. And I want to say thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I learned a lot today and I learned a lot last time and I really appreciate it. Yeah, this has been, it's been good. And uh, you know what? seems like an hour is a long time when we start these conversations. And at the end, you realize we covered like 1% of all the interesting things. Yeah, and like 5% of my questions. That we, that we could have talked about, right? So I think there's a incredible number of uh, cool things that, that we have at various stages of completion. So many fascinating conversations between Cardano and SingularityNet. I mean, there's... You know, there's two projects we're involved in which have Cardano and SingularityNet and blockchain phones in them, for instance, which I guess I can't talk about due to non-disclosures. There's a, there's so many interesting things with the Cardano-based NFTs in SingularityNet AI that, that are, are in the work. So that there's really a, there's a huge amount of cool things bubbling up. And I, I think the... Well, there's a lot of work to be done post the launch of, of Plutus, both for SingularityNet and for building a tooling layer on top of Plutus. I mean, nevertheless, this is, I mean, it's a pivotal, like it's a landmark moment having Plutus out there. And I, I think uh, we're going to see a sort of Cambrian explosion of, of creativity, both on SingularityNet and, and Cardano in, in, in the coming period. So it's a, a really, really fun time to be in this space. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree. Um, will there ever be a Sophia Dow generated NFT project? Uh, there, there will be quite soon the Sophia Dow generated N- NFT project. Yeah, <laughs> we, I've been we've been uh, working on that quite a bit in the in the last few weeks. Actually, we've been sort of getting uh, licensing and sort of formal infrastructure set up for it, and we've we. I think we may have hired the creative director for that project as, as as of today, actually. So yeah, we've been getting the paperwork all in place and assembling the team and sort of uh, figuring out in what sequence to launch to launch various things. But yeah, having we're brewing a lot of cool things at the interface of uh, Sophia and Grace Robots, uh, metaverses, online virtual worlds, uh, NFTs, uh, gaming, and, and tokenomics. And yeah, this is another thing that's is going to need the you know massive scalability and low cost that comes with Cardano platform yeah. and the flexibility of, of Plutus language. For sure. But thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast today. If you made it all the way to the end, let's actually comment NewNet down below. And also, I recently saw that 49% of my viewers are not subscribed. If you enjoyed this video today and you want to see more videos like this, I would really appreciate it if you click that subscribe button, liked, and commented down below, but only if you liked it. Uh, And again, thank you so much, Ben, for coming on, and I hope you guys all have a great rest of your week.